This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast into the 7 o'clock hour. D'Amico Ryan's press conference today, 3.59 p.m. We'll carry it for you live here on Sports Radio 610. You saw some national coverage of the D'Amico hiring yesterday that got you very excited. Well, you know, I'd been frustrated after we'd watched both Keyshawn Johnson and Emmanuel Acho basically just talk out of their butts and say nonsense about the D'Amico Ryan's hire. So I got excited. And actually, like, at first I was, you know, I was on edge when I saw Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, and Teddy Bruschi. We're going to talk about this. And I'll be honest, this isn't in the cuts, but Spears kind of started off where it sounded like, oh, boy, here, here we go again. Here we go, yeah. The same old stupid Texans. Yep. Um, but they said some really interesting things. I'll start off with Brewski and then move on to Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears. But Brewski said something that, honestly, it, it gave me uh, a flashback to two years ago with David Culley, and it just it felt so good to not be there anymore. This is Brewski talking about how it will be received in the locker room with D'Amico Ryans versus the last two coaches. Yeah, and just think of the room. Think of the, his first team meeting right yeah. there with D'Amico Ryans and all the players. They know about what Swaggoo just talked about, the six. Yeah. The six-year deal, okay? Now it looks like it, it's not temporary. You're not looking at a head coach thinking, all right, yeah, but I know – now it's like, this is it. This is a guy. You, you almost commit to it yes. more when you know the organization yes. has committed to your head coach. And, and, as, and especially with David Culley, I think it was just so clear and obvious that he was not head coach material. It's like the players aren't dumb, you know? I mean, we're all, we're all kind of, you know, brain damaged in some way or another, but we're not completely dumb. Yeah. And when you have to go in and meet day after day, and operate in that high-stress environment, and you're getting made fun of on national television, or more importantly, on TikTok. Uh, like, right. it, it's, it wears on you, and I just thought back to Justin Reed, Laramie Tunsil, these guys that were at odds with either David Culley or the organization at some point. You can't judge those guys for acting the way they did in what was a very dysfunctional environment. And the Cully, the Cully hire, even if you're hiring Cully just to be some kind of a caretaker or, you know, some semblance of a, like a, your, your legal guardian for a year or two until the reset is over, it was a really bad hire in that regard, too, because the players can tell. Yeah. They're just not there. So the Lovey Smith part, it was a better hire in terms of Lovey Smith, at least. Walked, talked, looked like an NFL head coach. Credibility. But there was still, I think, probably amongst players, this feeling that, yeah, we know why you hired him. It was, 
<laughs> you got shoved into a corner because of your own misdoings, and then at the very last moment, you hired Lovey Smith, and I don't think there there could have been buy in there. So that's why I got I started to get really excited when Ryan Clark talked about how this this D'Amico Ryan's will be received in the locker room. I don't want somebody nobody else wants. Right? David Cully wasn't about to be a coach in the NFL. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Lovey Smith wasn't about to get another head coaching job. This is a dude True. that other teams want. Mm-hmm. This this just wasn't just the Houston Texans saying, oh, I've identified this guy and I think he can coach. No. This is D'Amico Ryans. This is the coach of the number one defense in the entire NFL. This is a guy that was coveted by other organizations. So getting him is a win for us. Yep. We won this time in getting this coach. He's going to be here with me. He's going to help a young Derek Stingley girl. He's going to help a young Petrie at safety yeah. grow. He's going to help whatever quarterback we get an opportunity to draft grow. That's important. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where a lot of the goodwill is right now because uh, obviously it's a honeymoon period. Everything's going to be positive. But just these last two years, there was no reason for players to believe that, like, oh, I need to hitch my wagon to this star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus this is the exact opposite in a lot of ways. Like, the, the PR... Uh, looking outward is important to a team, but the PR looking inward is important too. And the the vibe and the culture you have in the off season and in training camp, it matters. It matters. All those little things in football where you've got so many players, all those little things compounded make a big difference. I the, I did multiple shows yesterday out of market. This D'Amico Ryan's hi, hiring is a it's a big story, not just in Houston. It's a big story yeah. league wide. So I was on in a few markets yesterday, and the thing that I said on all of those shows, the best feeling of all of this, you, you kind of encapsulated the feeling of, and those cuts did, the players in the locker room. As somebody who roots for the team, certainly covers the team, my, the, the biggest thing, I'm, one of the biggest things I'm happy about is they're not, the Texans didn't have to settle this time. Yeah. The last couple times they've had to settle, and I had gotten to a point where I was conditioned going into thinking, all right, well, they're probably going to get what is in our minds, the fourth choice on this thing. Because right. that's what we always get. I mean, hell, with Cully and Lovey Smith, you didn't even get the fourth choice. You got choices that were somewhere off the radar somewhere. They didn't settle. They got somebody who everybody, they're, they're, every opening would have hired D'Amico Ryans this time around. I, I think the, the other part of this is I'm listening to these guys, and I'm thinking about these guys more got it and understood what the Texans have been doing the last couple of years. In terms of, okay, you're just treading water while you try to clear some things. It's not a, wasn't an outright tank in the, in the conventional sense, but it was certainly a hard reset. You signed a bunch of veterans of one and two year deals. Um, but they, but I think that the whole thing about that is whether it's a tank reset or whatever it is, I was trying to think what the analogy would be because it's one of these things where you get into it at the beginning and you know it's going to be hard, but you really can't anticipate how hard it's going to be or in what particular ways it's going to be hard. And I had flashbacks to every single time I've ever moved houses where, like, you get into it and you're like, ah, boy, this is really going to suck. And you think you know it's going to suck, but then you get into the 72nd hour and you're like, no, no, this really sucks. It's terrible. This yeah. really sucks. And I didn't expect, I didn't expect, like, a quarter of my stuff to be in Missouri right now, actually. So it's even worse than I thought it was going to be, and I couldn't have anticipated it. Uh, Marcus Spears, though. Marcus Spears finished off this segment on Inside the NFL with basically what it amounted to 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 one Seth C. Payne and probably a lot of Texans fans uh, as a rare a rare commendation of the guys who are already on the team and a bit of a pep talk for the future All about right. what kind of a team D'Amico Ryan's is inheriting. Ooh. Because I know that a lot of people don't watch the Texans play football 
This team fight their ass off oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you watch the Houston Texans play football under Lovey Smith, under David Culley, we ended up seeing them in game. They took Dallas to the brink this year. They went a team to overtime with KC yeah. and the Eagles. That was exactly. exactly. This, is, this has never been about the buy-in on that roster. D'Amico Ryans is walking into a locker room with a bunch of dudes that want to win football yeah. games. And they are going to play hard. They just going to be better having him as a head coach. Okay, so in this where this is where I started thinking about Casario too. Because I think for a long time the Texans would try to draft high character guys, this, that, the other thing. And somehow I especially with Bill O'Brien, it seemed like his favorite guys were sometimes not the actual best football character, but they were just more like the best guy that you would <laughs> If you're gonna write a, if you're gonna draw a Norman Rockwell picture of a football player, that's that's what it would look like. Um, I, I look at last year's draft class, especially. I think they nailed it on the football guy, the football character front, the dog yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. if you look at fire off the names. If, well, especially now, it, it's except for the number one over the the first round picks. We still got to see like the Absolutely. actual production on the field. Yeah. But in terms of temperament. Um, Kenyon Green's good plays were run plays where he was driving guys and kind of bullying them. So at least on the on the actual football character side of things, I think they got it right. He's still got to prove that he can play. But then especially when you get to like Damian Pierce, Troy Harrison, Christian Harris, Jalen Petrie, those guys, those guys felt like, okay, these are the kinds of football players that I want to have around. Yeah. And and I think if you look at a lot of the other young guys on the team, I think there is that fight in them, and and that is a good thing. It's a looking back at it in hindsight, where during these last couple of years, it was hard to really be positive about much of anything at all. Those guys, and I think Mechie's that same way. I was just going to throw Mechie's name yeah, in there, too. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the part that I get excited about, because I think those guys, like I've told you, Damian Pierce is going to absolutely love D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Those, those guys are just made for each other, and and I think a lot of guys on that team right now are going to impress uh, impress. D'Amico Ryans. Um, Jalen Petrie and D'Amico Ryans, when you have both those names in your head at the same time, really? turns out it's kind of tough. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So between <laughs> between D'Amico and Petrie, uh, it's, that part I got excited about. I'm excited. I was excited, too. That Spears cut got me fired up, yeah. man. That's good stuff. All right. Um, we're going to talk to Chris Myers at the bottom of the hour, former Texan center, teammate of D'Amico Ryans for, um, for pretty much the entirety of D'Amico's run here in Houston. We'll talk to him. At the bottom of the hour. Up next, speaking of former D'Amico Ryan's teammates, Arian Foster was trending yesterday morning during the show, and I wondered why. Arian's Arian's kind of stayed off the grid in retirement, I would say. Um, He said something yesterday that had everybody talking, hilariously so. We'll have that for you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Forgot about that. We got ticket giveaways today. Yeah, I just heard that promo. Brooks and Dunn, be listening later this hour. You're going to win tickets to see uh, Brooks and Dunn. I'm just looking forward to the fact that when we give Texans tickets away this year, we're not going to get nearly as many snarky comments. People will be excited. Landry can keep doing the really cool thing he does where he gives tickets away, except that he'll get even more... Uh, like, like deserved appreciation for it. Yes, Landry finds ways to get tickets into the hands of people that have never been to a game before or have you know needs or whatever. The cool thing, yeah. yeah. But Absolutely. he always has to deal with a whole bunch of snark from yeah. jerks. <laughs> yeah, it's like you hey, know who you are. Hey, Landry, nice job helping out those kids <laughs> with cancer. But let me talk smack about the Texans. Right, yeah. You're right, but you're doing it for a trash organization. Yeah. Um, Arian Foster, former Houston Texan. He has a uh, a podcast called Macro Dosing. Great name for a podcast. Um, and who was he on with Seth when he was talking about? I think these are the guys that he must host the okay, podcast so. with. It's just like you know, a bunch. He's with barstool dudes. Yeah, like it's, uh, you know, uh, some twenty 24- four. <laughs> they look like a scraggly twenty four year old obnoxious. Right, kids. right. They're all yeah. kind of the same they're, person. Yeah, it's like one big <laughs> one there's guy. Like a four or five guys at the top, and yeah. then there's all these like barstool. What a great gig to have <laughs> yeah, at that age. Yeah. Tell oh, you, I know. they probably pay him like twelve thousand dollars a year, and those kids are just stoked to, yeah. to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Getting their getting their sizzle reel <laughs> together. Um, Arian Foster, this went viral yesterday. Arian was trending where he was asked about the scripted nature. Of the NFL. Because that's been trending of, uh, as of late, that the NFL is rigged. Is rigged, yeah, because yeah, of all the officiating issues and things like that. Here is Arian Foster, in the eyes of some, just blowing the lid off of yeah. this caper. It's funny, before we started taping, uh, Arian was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used oh, to get a script. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hey, pause, man. Sorry, I just wanted, that is PFT commentary. Okay, that's what talking. I thought. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's PFT commentary. Yep. Okay about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call. Because yeah, they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts, yeah, that like, sort of thing. Uh, WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you just got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so- yeah. <laughs> he was that part at the end there caught me by surprise, and uh, like the way he rolled with it so well was good. Arian sold that so well, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so well. The, the whole only thing. thing I thought is like he should have said like we actually called it rehearsal, uh, yeah. more so than practice. It was uh, you guys call it practice, but in the theater world, it's called rehearsal. This was this went so widespread yesterday. I actually was kind of 
impressed that it seemed like from what the responses I saw that people got the joke for the most part. For the most part. For the most part. Was there a, there was a, a fringe that didn't get the a joke? Or thought well, that probably whoever serious. wrote the article about you and Ross Tucker for Barrett Sports Media is probably oh, yeah. quickly putting together an expose on the NFL and how the whole thing is rigged. And Arian Foster some said Some kind so. of psychiatric disorder, that guy. <laughs> Like for those who missed it, for- everybody thought this a writer for Barrett Sports Media thought the segment that Seth and I earlier this week were joking about Ross Tucker yeah. stealing Seth's material. He it, thought we were being serious. It did get me wondering what parts of the last couple years were uh, scripted and which parts oh, were like. God. What was it like when, like, what was it like when David Cully got his script for? <laughs> And then promptly left it in the locker room on his way out to the game. <laughs> right next he to probably, his challenge flag. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's great. Uh, Lovey Smith getting the script before the last game. This year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovey Smith probably got the script and was like, uh, actually, I'm just going to I'm gonna intentionally leave this in the locker room. Oh, you think he went off script? He huh? went off script. He there, went yeah. into business for himself. Yeah, I think Casario and Cal yeah. were up, you know, with their, uh, like, those reading glasses on. Yeah. Like, sitting behind, you know how the director sits behind that light in the middle of the auditorium yeah those guys were sitting there with like the little light shining down on their script yeah and like what in the dickens yeah, yeah so. <laughs> and then he said okay well sometimes divorce is a good thing okay sometimes divorce is a good thing right. the one thing i want to ask matt schaub if he's there today is what was it like when he got the script in 2013 oh. for like the fact that like wait a second like you know he's like he's reading through the script and he's like wait wait a second this is another pick six guys yeah what's there something's wrong with this and they're like no no that's it that's a, that's your fate this that's season. funny you know what I think of when I see that and there's more I know there's more people are gonna start texting him in too I I listen to um, a Sopranos podcast mm-hmm. with Stephen Sharippa and Michael Imperioli they played Bobby Bacala and Chrissy if you watch the show you know who they are they're a couple of Tony's mobsters and they do a podcast they did a podcast where each episode. They, they did a podcast for each episode, a deep dive on each episode. So there's like 100 episodes of this podcast. But the one thing they would talk about in a lot of them, especially ones where characters got killed off, was that was a big thing when they got handed the scripts for different episodes and they're sitting in that ta- the, the room with the long table and they're yeah. doing the first readings yeah. of the script. When people get handed the script especially if they knew kind of where their storyline was headed towards, right. they'd start flipping through to see, is this the episode I get killed yeah, off? Yeah, yeah. Because like, there's a lot of relationships that you don't have anymore when you're not showing up to do well, that show. Plus, you got to you know plan on whether or not you put in that swimming pool. That's you're right. you Clark Griswold. And, yes. You know? Yes. There's that. Yep. I think... Uh, oh, <laughs> Maher, easy, easy segue. <laughs> Maher, the kicker, getting uh, his script before, <laughs> before he started missing you're all those miss, extra points. You're going to miss five in a row. <laughs> What the hell, man? What was the worst Texan script to get in the last two years? The, I feel like Lovey oh, and dude. Lovey and uh, Cully could both zoom to the end and be like, oh, right, but the, the contract's guaranteed, right? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, like, let me go yeah. to the very end and be sure that I'm uh, part of the script is me getting my uh, getting my. How about here, getting man. the scripts of the character arc of Jack Easterby? Remember, remember when Easterby first showed up? We were all kind of enamored at, at the first set of OTAs and training camp. Yeah. Easterby getting the script. Would be a whole lot of him frantically looking at the guy that he he thought he had a deal with to to doctor the script for him. Yeah, you know, like like angrily looking at it, be like, "Hey, hey, I was supposed to be a conquering hero at the end of this thing." Um, boy, what in so- the Sam Hill? <laughs> I'm using nothing but uh, exclamations Sam from the Hill. 1920s here. <laughs> well, this is just 23 skidoo. Um, oh boy, the Aaron Ooh. Hernandez script, oh, the Deshaun Watson script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson. 
Sean Watson only read half his script, probably. Right, and right, then, right. Uh, Or he, like, he skipped the whole middle part. Yeah, he's like, they're he's not like, going to steal my joy. Oh, wait, yeah. he's flipping through. Oh, yes, they are, actually. But then at the very end, he gets... Is it a... God, I can't, can't use certain phrases. Was it a triumphant ending for Deshaun Watson, though? I think he probably feels. I I, I get the sense looking I, at Deshaun's Instagram that he's probably more about the 230 mil than he is about the seven wins this I year. I would think, though, that he would prefer to have never had to um, tell his side of the story to his mom and his auntie. Oh, yeah, the poor guy. Yeah. Poor, yeah. Uh, poor Deshaun. Poor Deshaun. You always got to remember that, kids. Remember the grandma quotient. Whenever you're doing anything, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, some of you might be scared by hell, but not nearly as many as you would think, really. If you look at the history of people, like that's, uh, but uh, but your grandma, your grandma, that's here and now. That's uh, that's that's uh, that's something that's real. Like, man, you gotta you gotta explain this news story to your grandma. That's tough, bro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This story, absolutely. Um, yeah, sell that script to grandma. Right. Right. Um, do you think Antonio Brown has actually been following his script the last five years, or is he going into business? Yeah, he for went himself? off script a while ago. Big He's time. an improv actor. Yes, he's a yes. pop comic, it's like Second City. He's a right. pop comic, and his and his third leg is one of the props. <laughs> Lately, he's introduced that all of a sudden. That was the stage that you knew it was going to lead to. Like I'd say, three out of the last four incidents with Antonio Brown's have involved his nether regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's planning for something. All right. Um, text in to the trailer wheel and frame text page, 713 You said Alex Smith deserves an Oscar. That is method acting. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. J.J. Yeah. Watt, supporting actor. Right, right. And Kareem J- Jackson as well. Remember yeah. when J.J. got the script to break Alex Smith's leg? Yeah. He must have been like, oh. Got to do, do what you got to do. do. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. It's a professional that's, right that's there. It. That is, that's it. He's living his gimmick, man. All right. Uh, Chris Myers. Text he did it. You know what he did? He did it, did it better than anybody else would have. A lot of other guys would have just broken Alex Smith's legs. J.J. Watt, Oscar winner for sporting oh, actor, uh, just went ahead. Sent him just, to 18 surgeries yeah. that almost had him amputated. Yes. Uh, Chris Myers, former Texans center, is going to join us uh, in the next segment here. We will talk about the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. And Chris played with D'Amico from 2008 to 2011. Did he see D'Amico Ryans as a future head coach? That is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios. 
Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Big day, big day today, 4 o'clock today. D'Amico Ryans will be introduced as the next head coach of the Houston Texans. It is a move that seems to be universally lauded by people both in Houston and outside of Houston, and certainly many of D'Amico Ryan's former teammates, any of them that have spoken, have said glowing things about D'Amico Ryan's. Joining us right now is one of those former teammates. He is a good friend. He is a former Houston Texans center. Chris Myers joining us right now on Pain and Pendergast. Chris, how you doing, man? Doing great, fellas. How you guys been? We're doing good. We're doing great, man. It's good to hear your voice. Where are you right now, Chris? I'm in Philly. Okay. So that's okay. So yeah, yeah, Philly's home right now for you, right? Yeah, Dude. we moved up here uh, about 2016, so we're going on seven years, six and a half, seven years. Are you uh, are you an angry, aggressive jerk yet? <laughs> it's kind of ingrained in the nature up here to be that way, but uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, I guess it gets a bad rap nationally. But but um, you know, when you kind of live here all day long and uh, all year long. Your kids getting green in the, the old northeast way of you're things. Like, I think like, I, I'm not, but I my kids are. Of, <laughs> I think the I think the se- seven months of winter up here sometimes gets everybody uh, <laughs> yeah. ornery. For sure, for sure. Okay, good. Well, we we'll have to ask you about this Super Bowl at some point before we finish this conversation. But obviously, as you know, the big story here is D'Amico Ryan's coming back in here. What what was your reaction when you saw the news? Obviously, there was a lot of smoke that he was going to eventually get this job throughout the last couple of weeks. But when it was finally official, uh, what was your reaction? I, I think it's par for the course, like every other person you'll probably talk to. Um, once he landed a job as one, as a former teammate in front of his, um, just so ecstatic and so happy for him. Um, you know, from a guy that, um, you know, was running the, the, the number one rated defense in the league. Uh, and I've been listening to you guys the past couple segments. Um, it's just Perfect fit. It couldn't have been a better situation for the Texans to fall into. And, you know, I think you guys touched on it. It's He was lauded by every single team that needed a head coach right now. So for the Texans to land their guy on top of every other team wanting to be able to have D'Amico, um, it was just a, a home run. And, you know, you, you just hope uh, everything kind of falls into place where he can get full control and make the choices that he wants to make and, um, and be able to kind of mold this team into his vision. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for the future of the Texans right now. Chris, you've been retired for a while now, and you've seen this a lot, I'm sure, where guys, you know, there's there's guys and how they act and behave and what they're good at as their players, but that doesn't necessarily always transfer into what they do after football. So, like, what parts of D'Amico as a player do you see transferring to how he is as a coach? And maybe maybe in some ways, how is he different? The number one thing I always tell people about D'Amico, um, well, there was a reason why his nickname was Cap. Everyone called him Cap, as in captain, obviously. Um, he was the captain of our defense, let alone the entire team, uh, when he was in Houston. Um, and his ability, he has this innate, silent ability, someone like, uh, somewhat like the um, ability of Andre Johnson. They're kind of quiet leaders. Now, D'Amico did speak a lot uh, as leader of the defense, but he has this ability to just lead and have guys follow him. He led by example, and he was a very, very big mentor to the younger guys, too, as well. And I think he took those intangibles and brought them to the coaching world. Uh, and for him to be able to have the season that he just had with the 49ers and to be the number one guy uh, across the board for a lot of teams, 
uh, speaks volumes for who he is as a person and his character. You know, as you say that, and I've seen a lot of people talk about how he was with the younger guys. My last year in the NFL was his rookie year, so I didn't get to, to see that necessarily. Um, I You think about various coaches that have done very well with maybe younger guys that either aren't fully mature yet or, you know, have some growing up to do or have off-field issues. Like, how do you how do you see him working with perhaps guys like that? I just think it's a, a great situation to be in. You look at a lot of young coaches that have come into the league the past five to ten years, Sean McVay and, and, and likes of that. He has the ability to be able to build this into an organization where he can mold it and hire other young blood in there. And you guys touched on the last segment or two segments ago, the team is hungry. The team's a fighting team. Um, the record wasn't indicative of what the talent that they had on the roster and what they could have done. Um, it's just been kind of a turnkey kind of situation the past few seasons here. And to be able to have some solidity and comfort knowing that they had their guy and you can actually just focus on what you put on the field, the X's and O's, and the commitment to winning every single uh, week is what I'm excited as a former alumni uh, to be able to kind of like watch the Texans and, and uh, build for the future. Okay, here, I'll make it more specific now. I was thinking about this. Because I was, I was thinking about that 2011 roster. I'm like, okay, which guys might have needed some, some uh, advisement from an older guy? And I was looking through, and I'm like, man, there's some good dudes here. There's like, like Whitney Merciless, Tim Dobbins, Brooks Reed. And then I got it. Ryan Brayman. Like, what was, uh, <laughs> what was, what was D'Amico's interaction like with Brian Brayman? Was there, like, some kind of a, a mentorship dynamic there? <laughs> You know, he he was a guy that came in um, that was, you know, kind of a off-kilter personality, to say the least. And for him to be able to come in and have a guy like, like D'Amico and, and Cushing and guys that were the veteran leader captains of this team and to be able to kind of mold his own game around it. Now, guys like a, a Brayman are going to be able to kind of uh, blaze their own trail of sorts <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in a good way. Um, but, no, to your point, though, there's guys that are always looking to be led. There's not yeah. always guys that are just going to want to be that main leader guy, and that's going to kind of happen um, throughout the season or throughout their career. But there's always guys that need to have be mentored. I had it as my first couple years when I was in Denver with the Broncos. Tom Nail and Matt Lepsis, the older guys, the guys that have been around, you look to them. When you go in as a freshman in college, you always look to the veterans to kind of be able to lead. And D'Amico was always that guy from day one. He just became a natural leader. And I think that's why he's having so much success at a young age as a head coach, a now head coach in the NFL. Chris Myers, former Texan center, joining us on Sports Radio 610. All right, good. Chris, I'm glad you mentioned to the audience that you're in Philadelphia because this is appropriate for this D'Amico Ryan's conversation. Um, the, the reaction in Philly to this, because, of course, we all know D'Amico got traded from here to the Eagles. I got a text from my aunt who lives – she's a lifelong Philadelphian, lives in Doylestown. She was congratulating me yesterday on the D'Amico Ryan siren. She's a Philadelphian – what has the reaction been? Because I think it's 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 very. Uh, I think it says a lot about D'Amico Ryan's that Philadelphia people are reacting the way they are. Can you give us your your view of how it's being viewed up there? D'Amico Ryan's getting hired by the Texans. Yeah, even on uh, the morning show out here on WIP, uh, there's nothing but positive reviews. Um, I, I think that's also just speaks volumes for who he is as a person and 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 in the football world uh, in the circles that he runs in. No one has a negative thing to say about D'Amico. Um, and, I mean, you see it all over on ESPN and on the radio waves out here and down there with you guys. Everyone is just ecstatic about what he's going to do as a head coach. They want to see that next step. Um, so up here in Philly, though, I mean, like I was just texting with, uh, you know, ex, ex, um, Texan Connor Barwin up here. You know, he's a, a player development guy with the Eagles right now. 
and we were texting about D'Amico the other day. Um, everyone's just excited and so very, very proud to be able to have a guy that we all played with very recently. And I just said it to somebody else in Houston. It be- speaks volumes that there's a former player, and he may be one of the first ones ever in the NFL that captained a team. Wasn't too much longer ago that he just retired from playing in the NFL. And then when he gets his first opportunity to be a head coach, his former team signs him back. So, I, I mean, that, that, I think that's history in the making right there. But um, I think he's got the entire 110% of the alumni behind him. And I, I think he's going to be able to implement some, some new strategies and new ways of handling things there in the house. You know, it's actually – it's less common than you would think even amongst Hall of Fame players. And it hasn't always gone well, but usually it's when it's – it's a Hall of Fame player that goes back and coaches his own team. Um, but like Dick Cut worked out pretty well. Yeah. And another couple of times it didn't work out so well. But it's – for I think it's kind of emblematic of everything you've said about D'Amico that – the other times guys have gone back and coached their own team, they were Hall of Fame type players. Yeah. Like they were almost being recognized more for their playing than their actual leadership ability were. With D'Amico, he's a very, very good player, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. He's being recognized because he was he was such a good leader. Chris. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it just happened that he retired in 2015. You know, yeah. we're talking about the 23 season. It's seven years after he retires, he got a, a, a coaching gig, and then all of a sudden he's a head coach, and his first opportunity is back with his head uh, old team. I think it's just tremendous. You know, one of my new favorite radio personalities that I just discovered this year was Angelo Cataldi from WIP <laughs> up in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yep, I, I yep, think yep. it's a – we're going to play some audio from him later, or no, probably next week, because yeah. – um, for you to talk, talk about how people up in Philly love D'Amico Ryans, you got to understand, everybody, Angelo Cataldi is a guy who refuses to play Andy Reid's voice on the airwaves because he hates him so much. Right, right. So this is a man that can hate, An- this is a man can, can hate Andy Reid, and I'm guessing that Angelo's at least okay with D'Amico? Uh, absolutely. There's a deep-seated uh, loathing that Angelo definitely has for, for Andy Reid. And that goes for a lot of people up here in the Philadelphia area. But, uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of Angelo, he's uh, retiring after the season. He's, yeah. He was going to retire if the Eagles were done, uh, and then they end up making the playoffs, obviously. So his, his career is ended up extending all the way to the Super Bowl. He's going to hang it up after that. I'm devastated. I've been a lifelong Angelo Cataldi fan for like the last two months. And <laughs> yeah. I, Chris, this is what I've done too. I've made this pledge. I uh, I stumped so hard for D'Amico, and I and I kind of I was kind of taken aback by how convincing I was to to so many people. Probably Cal McNair and uh, and uh, Casario too. They won't admit it, but probably them. Um, that I've 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 committed that if D'Amico doesn't work out here, I am leaving this job, and I love this job. Yeah. But I am uh, my fate will now be intertwined with D'Amico's fate as head coach of the Texans. Um, so I guess I because you're a smart guy. Should I like um. Should I be like checking out like variable interest rates on my Polish home or anything the resume? Like this? Yeah, like yeah. do I need to like uh, how many years are you giving me? <laughs> I would just trail D'Amico wherever he goes after the Texans. But no, to to, to your point though, yeah, I, they'll love I that in D'Amico Philly. Is... <laughs> like here comes uh, here comes D'Amico Ryan's personal <laughs> valet, <laughs> like those little guys you have troubadour. Personal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal, yeah. You got a personal hype man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I think D'Amico, as long as he's given the keys to the to the Corvette and, and he's able to kind of steer this ship in the right direction, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to have success. And, uh, you know, as a former alumni of the team, uh, I, I think it's just great. And um, there's a lot of us that are very, very excited for the future. All right. So, Chris, um, Super Bowl up there. So I'm, I'm sure Philly is going crazy right now with this uh, Super Bowl coming up. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking uh, with the uh, Chiefs-Eagles coming up next week? 
You know, in past years with the, the Chiefs and, and with Mahomes and everything, I think everyone always would play them as a favorites and stuff. But the way this uh, season's gone for the Eagles right now, um, when they're clicking at 100% and everyone's healthy, um, they're a very, very, very tough team to even hang with. Um, and they got so much confidence um, right now rolling into the uh, Super Bowl that it's going to be a pick them, you know, in Vegas, I'm assuming right before the game. What is it? Is it still three points or whatever yeah, it is? Yeah, Eagles two um, and a half, I think, right now. Yeah. Two, and a, two and a half. Yeah. I mean, I'm imagining it would get closer. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to ride with the whole – I mean, I'm an adopted Eagles fan now, guys. We moved here at 16, 17. They won the Super Bowl, and my kids are, like, adopted Eagles fans. You know, we still pay attention to the Texans and root for the Texans and stuff. But uh, we've become, uh, you know, kind of a hometown team up here. So, you know, and, and I'm, I'm I'm buddies with Jason Kelsey and Connors on the team and that kind of stuff. So um, being able to kind of see those guys have some success would be great. But I definitely think it's going to be a very entertaining game. You know, Jason Kelsey's done a great job making me not hate Travis Kelsey. I uh, I used to hate <laughs> Travis Kelsey, but now that with that podcast. The podcast is good. The podcast yeah. they do together, I kind of be like, okay, all right, I get it with Travis. Okay, he's Jason yeah. is much more my kind of guy, but I get it with Travis. I mean, they struck that podcast with the irons hot, and they're oh, yeah. they're hitting full tilt now with the Super Bowl for sure. But uh, imagine being their parents; it's a great situation. To be oh in. yeah, are you so? Are you buddies with Kelsey because you guys are part of uh, like some sort of underground center community or something like that? <laughs> uh, I wish there was an underground center community, but that'd be that'd be a, I should create something like that. You but should. No, I, I I met him through Connor. You okay. know, they played at Cincinnati together in college, and met him years back when I was still playing, and, and we've definitely just kept in touch over the years. Oh, and then I'll um, before we let Chris go. I think I've told this story to Chris before, but maybe maybe not. Um, the first time I met Chris Myers, I didn't actually meet him, but we were doing combined practices with the Broncos, and I was looking forward to it because Tom Nalen was a really really good center for the Broncos. But that year, Nalen wasn't going to be; he was either injured or not participating. So I was kind of bummed out. But then I was even more bummed out because um, this little. Dude with a shaved head was kind of a pain in the ass. I was like, <laughs> this, this, this is Myers' kid is actually kind of a handful, and it's making me look bad. So uh, that was my first introduction to Chris Myers. Yeah, I definitely didn't have fun reaching you on some goal line plays and some games, but but uh, you know it's been a uh, good relationship since. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chris, last one before we get you out of here. Um, are you happy now for the Miami Hurricanes that all of the money that's getting funneled to the players is above board and legal? <laughs> yeah, now that now that uh, everyone can get legally get paid for everything, uh, I'm regretting not taking some stuff in college. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I knew uh, it. <laughs> uh, I know. I definitely tur- I definitely had opportunities that I definitely didn't take because I was a straight laced kid. But, I know. Uh, you had the whole grandma uh, thing going on. He, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How am I going to explain this? grandma if i get caught yeah <laughs> I, I was i was definitely living vicariously that's for sure there you go there you go hey what are you up to these days chris other than chasing still, your kids uh, around yeah aside from chasing the four kids around which keeps me busy uh, crazy i've been uh, still coaching at a local high school up here with south college high school and enjoying that process coaching offensive line and um, being able to kind of give back a little bit so um that takes care of the uh the definite fall time but uh being able to kind of be around for the four kids and um their schedules are the most important thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Jimmy Morrissey's one of your guys, right? You you were texting me last season when Jimmy got in the lineup finally. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's a LaSalle College High School kid too, as well. So you know when he got there two years ago, uh, reached out to him, and we keep it tapped. So he comes back and works out with some of the younger kids. So it's a good little uh, get back for the, uh, the younger kids at the school. 
Good stuff. Chris Myers, former Texan center. Hey, man, appreciate you making some time for us, and I know you're just as excited as everybody else for uh, D'Amico Ryans and what a big day this is today. So we'll catch up with you soon, man. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Good talking to you. Yep, good talking to you too. Chris Myers, one of the best. Really good guy. uh, You know, him and and Jason Kelsey both – undersized centers quote-unquote undersized so they bond nobody's over undersized that. but they're well they're not undersized undersized like uh, uh uh all right it's happening that's it what i think all the brain damage just kicked in uh stepnowski stepnowski oh, yeah. was undersized he was super undersized. stepnowski was really small like kelsey and myers were just kind of on the smaller end of like the 25th percentile yep where stepnowski was like in the one percentile yeah he was a smaller yeah. dude no doubt the, the smallest of dudes uh, all right, we are going to be giving away uh, tickets to Brooks and Dunn sometime between now and the top of the hour. So, got a small window here. Be listening. At some point, we will uh, we will call for you to call. We will look for your phone calls, and caller number five will win tickets to go see Brooks and Dunn. In the meantime, let's uh, let's do some headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines, brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, today is a big day. It's D'Amico Ryan's day. 3.59 p.m. today is the press conference out at NRG Stadium. Uh, the expectation is there are going to be a slew of former Houston Texans there today in support of their former teammate. Probably some out there that didn't even play with D'Amico Ryans, but just have great respect for D'Amico Ryans. Just want to show up. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, that's, it's going to be the place to be seen today is the D'Amico Ryans press conference. I man. remember the last at the Lovey Smith press conference, I was... I was funneled over to the media side of things, and like former players there and everything. It's like, oh, cool. And uh, somebody said, "Hey, Seth, the media is supposed to sit over there." I was like, "Oh, so this is how it's going to be." Well, now no, I, got you. Okay. Uh, I think uh, this is go. how you. Sh- this is how you should All take right, that. Yeah. This is how you should take that. Yeah. You're so good at your job hosting a radio show that they yeah. don't view you as a former player anymore. They view you as a. Uh, a, a very polished, outspoken member of the the Houston media. <laughs> you lost me there at the polished. You're part. very polished. Okay. All right. At least they think yeah. you are. <laughs> I see the truth, but they think you are. On the yes, air, sir. it comes out clean. This is in in my head. They they funneled me over to the they funneled me over to the media side of things. And you know what I said in my head. You're all dead to me. Yes, and, yes. You uh, told them to enjoy, all go enjoy the next nine months of hellfire. <laughs> Don't die, everybody. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait till you accidentally yell that when you're thinking it someday at a press conference. <laughs> In court. Um, so today should be fun. What do you think the, the things are that people are most anxious to find out about from D'Amico Ryan's Um today? I think on, the thing that I don't know if people expect to find out about it. And I don't know if there's an answer that D'Amico could honestly give about it at this point. But I think the thing that most people are intrigued by moving forward is just how do he and Nick Casario jibe and work together. It's the big question. And I know a lot of you are already already paranoid because the Texans have interviewed a Patriots tight ends coach um, and that somehow... <laughs> Somehow this is uh, Nick Casario exerting his power over D'Amico. I like honestly, you guys got to settle down. You got to settle the hell down. It's an interview for one, and even if it were a hire, I don't expect them to hire anybody. I would be surprised if they hire an offensive coordinator before Monday. Except that we don't know exactly what kind of conversations Casario and D'Amico have had about this. True, because when they interviewed a couple weeks ago, D'Amico might have had a hot list of candidates, yeah. and I'm guessing that Casario had a hot list of candidates, and I'm guessing that. Sometime in the last couple of days, they've shared their notes on that. So, um, listen, not every GM head coach relationship is one of constant backstabbing and jockeying for position, yeah. sitting next to the owner in the box while the coach is down on the field. You need All, to keep pounding that drum for people. Yeah, like there are. If you want this to be productive, yeah. Nick's going to interview some of his guys. D'Amico's going to interview some of his guys. 
D'Amico's going to be impressed by some of Nick's guys and vice versa, and they're going to they're going to hopefully have a productive conversation. There are many, 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 many good GM head coach relationships in the NFL that don't have all the soap opera drama. Yep. So don't just don't go automatically assuming that because one guy is Nick's guy or one guy is D'Amico's guy that somebody's got more power or control. Yeah. It's a, that is not the way it has to be. You're you're you you grew up in a dysfunctional teamhood. And you are you you're you're still behaving as such. You're like the you know what you're being. You're the girlfriend who's yelling at her boyfriend, and the boyfriend is like, "What what did I do?" Right. And the boyfriend realizes, like, "Oh, you're actually yelling at your former boyfriend." It was two boyfriends ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. right now you're yelling at your old boyfriend Bill O'Brien instead of your new boyfriend Nick Casario. Yes, okay? yes, and D'Amico. Exactly, exactly. Um, we're getting a lot of texts on D'Amico Ryan's through the trailer wheel and frame text page. Um, someone said this, uh, the number here, let's see, eight, six, four, five, um, Texans. I've seen this from a lot of people, Texans on hard knocks next year. Book it. Um, first of all, I do not want the Texans on hard knocks next year. They're uh, allowed to decline it. They are allowed to decline it. Yeah. yeah Cause they, if you've, if you've been on it in the last 10 years, there's a few different clauses that allow you yeah. to decline it. If you've been in the playoffs the last two years, if you have a new head coach, by the way, you can decline it, which they do. He's new. He's new. And if you've been on there in the last 10 years on yeah. Hard Knocks. So they two of the three criteria that allow you to decline, they yeah. fulfill that criteria. Hey, real, and plus, okay, on the drama side of things, Hard Knocks is drama. On the drama side of things, like, let's, let's revisit this too. If you're all up in arms because the Texans interviewed a Patriots tight ends coach, always do this. Think of the alternative. Okay, is what you actually wanted... Did you want D'Amico to come in and say, okay, Nick, I see this list of guys that you might be interested in. Nope, none of them. Like, is that really what you want? Is that Does that sound like the D'Amico you love? I Maybe it is. I don't think, but even if you think that's what you want, that's not actually what you want because that would be right off the bat being a dysfunctional yeah. GM head coach relationship. Yeah. So the alternative is definitely not what you want. So this is just, just settle the hell down, everybody. One, three, now six, I'm being that person that I despise the most. One, three, the person that's like telling everybody to settle telling down. Telling you how to fan and, and not settle. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, the, 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 settle, just everybody yeah, settle yeah, down. Yeah, your tone. Settle I got down. you. I got you. I got you. Uh, one, three, five, four. Seth, if D'Amico has a spot for you on the staff, no. would you can. Okay. <laughs> On to the next timeline. I, I, I knew that was the answer. I'm not working in. Uh, do, I don't. I don't. I had my time in structure. I was every coach's dream. I was the. I was the bell of the ball when it came to just doing things that coaches liked and wanted. But as soon as I was done with football, I left all of that behind me, and now I do whatever the hell I want in this life. And I. Um, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not. Nice. I'm not going back to that world. Nope. Nope. I might be some. I might, I might end up like a Jack Easterby type. I'll be like, uh, I gotta sell myself as a guru and kind of flit in and out. Not with the Texans. I wouldn't do that to them. Uh, maybe some other unsuspecting. Organization. Would you do it within football, or would you find some other unsuspecting industry to do it in? I would do it. Uh, I would glom onto a Super Bowl champion team somehow, and then trump up my resume, and then go do it for a baseball team. Okay. I'm gonna show you guys. We'll think outside the box and looking at it from a different perspective. We'll uh, flim to the flam and the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break paradigms. <laughs> right, and, uh, right. What was the other? <laughs> Target the most. Like the whole the, thing is uh, an AI, too. We'll incorporate AI. In AI is a good buzzword, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, I'm basically using this headlines segment here with D'Amico to kind of dispel a bunch of the, the, the myths or the silly questions people have, like you going on the staff, the Texans being on hard knocks. Here's another one. 
from 1212 on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Maybe J.J. Watt comes out of retirement to play for D'Amico. Oh, okay. Um, J.J., I'm going to guess that by the time J.J. might start getting the urge to play again, I think he's going to be a chiseled 245 pounds. He's going to go that direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he likes for, his junk food. No, I know. For, yeah, he's but he's he's gonna try to look like uh he's gonna try to look like a chiseled you know retired yeah. NFL player. Yeah. But we've seen that with Gronk before. As long as you've still been working out, you can put some mass on real quickly. It's really just a matter of like a few extra thousand calories a day, and the muscle memory kicks in. I do wonder what JJ, who right this moment I'm sure has no plans of playing again, if he sees a playoff team like the Philadelphia Eagles did this year. Where all of a sudden, you know, come November, uh, Linval Joseph or an Indomica Sue type move, I, I could see him maybe. Could go you? For it. Yeah, ring and, chasing. And I could see, I could see myself trying to talk him into it. Um, I think if if he could also come back and like play at two fifty five and just see what it's like as a pure edge rusher, just come in twenty snaps a game on third downs. The, he might be into that. Okay. And I think there's going to be more and more and more of that as uh, as these next several years progress for various. Better guys. chance of unretiring. J.J. Watt or Tom Brady? J.J. Watt, I think. Yeah, okay. Even though J.J. would probably be furious. No, Brady has already unretired once. And I don't think J.J. believes it at all right now that he would. That was just my gut, just looking at it. Like, sure. I don't think he would believe that he would at all. And yet, when uh, when the siren song of that Lombardi trophy, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you wake at 2 a.m. and you realize that Vince Lombardi himself has been singing... Uh, songs to you in your sleep, and yeah, I think he'll. Uh, he, he might. I like it. it. I like it. Especially okay. as it. I. That's why I always was jealous of these edge rushers because I would have played until I was fifty-five if I could. If I wasn't so banged up. Yeah. But like these guys that are edge rushers, you can go and just. There are teams that just want you to pass rush on third and long, and that's it. Like come in for for fifteen to twenty snaps. Oh, like, with the, like, there's no physical punishment or anything. It's just it pays like ten million bucks. You barely now, get tired. You're yeah. on a good team. Yeah, that's the dream job. That's, good that's why I couldn't understand. That's why James Harrison's a badass. Because remember, James Harrison was with the Steelers and. The plan was that he wouldn't play until halfway through the season. And he got pissed off at Tomlin for not playing him. Yeah, when the whole plan was like, dude, we're going to try to keep your body healthy. That's James Harrison. Okay, that's okay the- badass slash a little psycho. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's give away those rodeo tickets. We'll get back to D'Amico here in just a second. But I want you to call now. 713-572-4610. Caller number five wins a four-pack. What is this, Boot Scootin' Boogie? Yeah, all right. There you go. I love Brooks and Dunn. I'm going to go to that one. Although you and I may be on a trip at that point, but more on that later. But uh, caller number five the, the wins, a, wins a four-pack. No, that's later on in the oh, spring. Okay. Uh, caller number five wins a four-pack of tickets to see Brooks and Dunn at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. It's March 1st. March 1st, so keep listening all day long for your chance at Rodeo Tickets. And we will do this again in the final hour of the show today. And, of course, you've got uh, a few more chances to win throughout the rest of the day. Each show on the station giving away Rodeo Tickets twice during their respective four-hour periods. So there you go. Caller number five. Phone lines are ringing. So um, back to the text page <laughs> on D'Amico. When you were, when you were. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Um, when you were telling the people, uh, really um, yelling at the people to stop. <laughs> to stop. <laughs> to, to, yelling at the people. To stop, uh, to stop 
um, looking at everything as though it has to be dramatic with yeah, the yeah, Texans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, text message to the trailer wheel and frame text page, 9616. We are what 610 made us. We learned it from watching you. <laughs> Remember those commercials? <laughs> the yeah. commercials? The yeah. kids smoking or drinking? I learned it from watching you. I learned it from watching you, Dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. I was just watching a comedian the other day who was talking about how his, uh, he had stopped smoking pot like when his his daughter's got to a certain age, and he's like, "All right, that's it. I'm just not. I, I can't be the. I can't be the guy from the commercial. I learned from watching you." And then, um, so he, it's a, then one day he discovered that his like 20 year old daughter was smoking pot, and he's like, "How long have you been smoking pot?" And she's like, "Since I was like a freshman in high school." He's like, "You son of a bitch!" Right, right. Like, what a waste. I feel yeah. like too for a comedian, that's. That's kind of detrimental, I feel like. Like I feel like giving up PEDs or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like pot, from the comedians I've talked to, a lot of them do smoke weed, and I feel like it is a performance enhancer when it comes to creativity, getting into sort of a zen mode where you can really think spatially and whatnot. It's tough. It's hard because if you have tendencies to lean or mask on things, it's like any kind of drug. Yeah. Like, whether it's medicine or drug or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. If you have a, I think, yes, that part is true but it's also just so easy to lean into it to to mask things and to not uh like i heard mick jagger talking about the influence on drugs in his songwriting is really interesting what did he say well because basically he's been sober a long long time but he had just you know he he wrote some songs that were incredible songs when he was high but then he continued to write some very successful incredible songs after he was done and i I don't know you know in that particular interview it seemed like he was kind of downplaying the the effect that people sometimes people sometimes lie to themselves a little bit about just how much extra creativity they get from it, or they start to conveniently lean on it as a crutch yeah. um, when maybe your other purposes are. It's a, it's a hard thing to be honest with yourself about. Okay, I'm not a big dope smoker, so I don't you know like yeah. I, I'm I'm getting all my uh, my impressions of it are all on I, secondhand conversations. Up, well, you know me because like, I grew up. My dad was like a world class botanist, and I rebelled basically by like. I, I rebelled by not being as rebellious as my dad about a lot of things. But I, so I grew up early on hearing a lot of theories about uh, drug laws, marijuana, all that stuff from my dad who was growing some killer bud um, and <laughs> selling it in large quantities. But uh, like there is a lot of, there's a lot of denial and hypocrisy baked into a lot of the propaganda, which is actually one of the nicest things about the legalization in most places is that now people can start to have conversations where it doesn't turn into, like, you don't have to look at pot like it's this magical elixir that's going to fix everything in the world. Yeah. You can be more honest about it. When people don't, in states where they don't feel threatened by the the loss of it or going to jail, they can start to have more honest discussions about, like, okay, yeah, I'll concede that uh, some people smoke way too much weed. You know? Yeah, and, you know, yeah. And you can start to have conversations about long-term health and all of that instead of just a a flat-out like no you're all lying right you're you going know? to jail if you or, smoke it yeah or yeah or that you're gonna you're gonna have a heart attack if you smoke a joint yeah you know, yeah on yeah. the other side of it yep okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.